Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you guys are gearing up for a fun weekend. Today we're going to take a look at Mercury's ingress into the sign of Libra. This is particularly important because Mercury is also going to turn retrograde in the sign of Libra in not too long. So uh, given the upcoming retrograde of Mercury in Libra and the fact that every time a planet ingresses, people email me and say, hey, would you talk about the meaning of Mercury moving into this new sign or whatever the case might be? Uh, so I'm also, this is a rewind episode. Several years ago, I did a series with Venus, Mercury, and Mars, taking them through all 12 signs. And after I finished my Tao Te Ching series for astrologers, my Wednesday series will probably return to planets and profiles starting with the moon. I think that's my, my plan as of right now. At any rate, I hope you guys will enjoy this rewind episode, which is a deep dive on Mercury in the sign of Libra. Uh, before we get into it, though, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments, and click on the notification bell for updates once you've subscribed. You can always find a transcript of my daily talks on the website, nightlightastrology.com, where right now we also have pre-registration sales for two new classes. We have a master class series in the Roots and Spheres class, so I'm going to take you over there right now and give you a look at those. The Roots and Spheres program is something Ashley and I are leading starting in January, and it is a lunar cycle, a lunar circle that meets um, right before the new and full moons throughout the entirety of 2023 in order to discuss the astrology for the month of a, a month ahead uh, from new moon to full moon and full moon back to new moon, along with dieting plant teachers and giving people different exercises they can do to develop a spiritual practice or to ritualize their connection with astrology in different ways and and really take advantage of uh, the, the living dynamics of astrology. We take in astrology often as news, which is fine. And we take it in as information and then we, you know, we see it play out in our lives or whatever. And we do you know, it's forecasting. There's another level at which I've always worked with astrology, which is much more experiential, feeds into my daily spiritual practice. Uh, with my wife, Ashley, of course, it has a lot to do with the kinds of herbs I might be working with. Um, so this is something we've been working on for a while. We're really excited to get started in the new year. You can sign up until September 12th and receive several hundred dollars off uh, the payment for the year, which is a good deal. There's also a payment plan if you need it and need-based tuition. If people would really like to participate, but your budget is, um, you know, you have uh, budgetary constraints or, you know, you, you are uh, hurting financially, whatever the case might be. So please uh, take a look at that. Hope to see some of you guys in the Roots and Spheres circle. Uh, orientation will be going out in November. So the, in the, the course will continue to be on sale after September 12th, just you won't have that early bird rate. So the Masterclass series is the other one. That begins in February. And this is a four-part Masterclass. There's a different class with four uh, workshops or four lectures for each series. So in the winter, we're doing one on the mysteries of the moon cycle. In the spring, we're talking about the morning star and evening star cycles of Venus and Mercury and how to read them in the birth chart. In the summer, we're talking about zodiacal releasing and ancient forecasting technique. And in the fall, we're going to be talking about temperament and personality in the birth chart from a, a traditional or ancient perspective, which is really fascinating, by the way. This is actually kind of like the groundwork for, um, you know, personality profiling, you know, that we do now in you know, like a, a personality test you might take or the My Myers-Briggs or, or something like that. Um, so I hope you guys will check those out. If you have any questions about anything as you're looking over it, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. And without saying anything further, I hope you will enjoy this deep dive into Mercury in the sign of Libra. Take it easy.
Hi everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology, and this is another episode of Planets and Profile. Today we are going to take a look at Mercury in the sign of Libra. So as you've been watching this series, you know that I've taken Mars and Venus through the signs, I've been taking Mercury through the signs, and I'm, I'm usually playing catch-up on a certain level, but hopefully this is evergreen content that you can always get something good out of. So in these videos you can learn uh, basically two things, how to interpret Mercury in any given sign or whatever planet we're doing in this series. Um, and also, in, even more importantly, how planets interact and behave in relationship to one another. For example, today we're looking at Mercury in the sign of Libra, which is Venus's sign. How does Mercury interact with or relate to Venus, and specifically the Libran side of Venus? Well, that's what we're looking at today. All right, so um, let's begin by a little description of Mercury in Libra. Mercury is sort of neutral in Libra. It doesn't have any form of rulership or exaltation or any form of debility such as detriment or fall. Uh, in this sign, Mercury is dependent upon Venus and Venus's location, uh, where Venus is at and what Venus is doing. So you always want to look at whenever Mercury is in Libra, you also need to look at Venus in the chart or by transit if you're studying, uh, if you're doing some forecasting or something like that. As Venus goes, so will Mercury when Mercury is in Venus's home. All right, so Libra is the warm and moist masculine air sign of Venus. Air can be broken down to the warm and moist qualities. Um, ancient astrologers did that as, at a certain point related the, the element of air to warmth and moisture. Um, also, it's considered a masculine or yang sign. Um, uh, and you can also associate it with the element of air. And then it is the temple of Venus. So it's the home of Venus. Now, Mercury is thus going to express itself not only in Venusian ways, but in those particular um, ways that uh, those in those particular Venusian ways, because Venus in Taurus is a lot different than Venus in Libra. So you're getting the expression of a Mercury through the Libran side of Venus. Now, what does that mean? You kind of have to have a sense of what Libra is all about. Remember, well, actually, let's back up and start with Mercury just as a refresher. So Mercury is a god of communication and is related to the mind and to speech and to the intellect and to writing. Um, it is also Mercury is associated with uh, the messenger, with busy marketplaces, information um, and technology. Uh, it's, in, it's a very inventive planet. It's also associated sometimes with thievery and trickery, with markets and money exchange. I think I already mentioned that with highways and travel, but also thieves on the highway uh, can be associated with that as well. So those are just a few things that Mercury is associated with. When you're delineating Mercury in a chart, there's sort of a wide range of things that Mercury could end up representing. Mercury was also a key ingredient to the study of temperament. You would look at your ascendant ruler planets in the first house, the moon, and typically Mercury in order to get a sense of how a person might act and behave, what their personality might be like. So um, we have to remember that now again, all of those qualities are going to now have to be filtered through the lens of Venus, who is the goddess related to peace, friendship, uh, pleasant or enjoyable things, harmony, love, sensuality, um, femininity, and uh, grace and ease. Um, so uh, as well as romance and of course, um, uh, kind of the the erotic or romantic dimensions of relationships, marriage, but also um you know, uh, affairs and affairs of the heart and things like that. So um, you can also relate Venus to art. 
So when Mercury is in Venus's sign of Libra, unlike when Venus is in Mercury's sign of Virgo, um, Mercury can do pretty well with Venus in this sign, uh, provided that Venus isn't in a debilitated condition itself in the chart somewhere. Um, and typically what you're going to see is, and remember that this, I should add this in, remember that Libra is also the exaltation of Saturn. So Libra is the sign in which Saturn is exalted and the sign in which the sun is in its fall, which means that there is this very um, interesting way in which the, um, the, the, the sign of Libra brings out a slightly darker element of Venus. Um, for example, and I'll give lots of chart examples, people, famous people who have this placement in their chart. <clears throat> but think, for example, of the fact that the sun is essentially going into the basement of the solar year during this um, during the Libran season. As that's happening, um, darkness is taking over. And so your Libra fall, the fall equinox um, has as its symbol, Saturn, the god of winter, decay, death, judgment, um, as the sun is entering the underworld. And so this is a Venus that is interested in beauty and harmonization, which means that there will be a way in which darkness is harmonized with light. But usually the 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 tone of darkness or finality or death or consequence or a, a degree of heaviness will be there kind of as an accent for Venus. And so for example, one of the classic Libran, you know, beauty or style qualities will be uh, black and white. Um, and the, the contrast between light and dark, oftentimes with also a way of celebrating the darker, um, like black and white photography, a, a black and white photo of two people in, you know, in like very classy looking clothing, kissing out in the rain as they're drenched in New York City or something like that. It's very Libran. So think also of this as a, not just a sign of Venus, but as a sign that pays close attention to darkness and to Saturn and to fairness, judgment. Um, and, and, and so it's not just any beauty. There's a kind of tragic autumnal beauty to this particular Venusian um, expression. Okay. And that also means that um, when Mercury is in Libra, you have to be careful of things that are peddled off to look light but are dark or things that are dark that are made to look light or the, the alternation or play between light and dark, which can be very classy um, and can also represent someone who's very poised and sophisticated and sort of serious and mature in that kind of Saturnine way, exaltation of Saturn, but also... Um, very articulate, graceful, stylish, etc. So let me try to give you some examples of how this works. Um, so for example, there are there are people that are going to fit this um, really this for the the alternation between light and dark. Sorry, I'm trying to talk um, really nicely. Uh, where's my list here? So for example, Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie is of course a famous. Um, novelist who writes um, about darker subjects like murder and mystery. Um, and yet she is this very classy and many of the the settings of her novels are very sort of um, classy and sort of socialite in nature. Um, so she has this very refined uh, style and taste and many of the characters and plots and settings are with um, you know, you know, people who are wealthy or well-to-do, but then there will be the unveiling of some darkness behind the surface. And that's a classic theme in her literature. Uh, anyway, Sylvia Brown, 
here's someone who is sort of a psychic medium um, and by all accounts is into occult matters, things that are more hidden, mysterious, et cetera. But she has this very polished and she's one of the first, you know, kind of groundbreaking famous like media personalities. She, she, she goes on to a, she's very, she's very um, uh, welcomed by mainstream media at a certain time in her career. Right. And so that, that, that darkness, that occult quality, but she's also like a media personality, very Mercury and Libra. Um, you can also think of two children's writers that come to my mind. Well, one's kind of a children's writer, Jim Henson, where Jim Henson, if you think about, I don't know, um, The Dark Crystal and lots of other things that Jim Henson does, there's a quality of, of light, but also this willingness to explore darkness, but still doing it in a way that's almost childlike, uh, friendly, very classy and poised and uh, like art artistically sophisticated. So that's oftentimes you'll see Mercury and Libra as people who have this kind of um, artistic skill or a gift or, or some kind of ability to make something uh, a little bit dark or strange, like appealing and beautiful. And that's oftentimes a, a Mercury and Libra trait. Um, another example is Roald Dahl. I'm sure you all know Roald Dahl, right? strange kids books that are really dark, but also he's so artistic and um, brilliant. Another one that could fit in there that has, it's not, he's not a Mercury and Libra, but a similar personality that has similar contrasts in his chart um, that are, that are very much in line with this combination is um, Tim Burton, right? But different chart, but um, so you also have people who have this kind of classy, smooth, but smoky, deep, dark, um, beautiful quality to their skill as a musician, like Harry Connick Jr. or John Coltrane. Um, similarly, you have um, photographers, uh, famous, uh, famous artists like uh, photographers, like um, Linda McCartney, also Mercury and Libra, um, George Martin and Ursula K. Le Guin are two fantasy uh, authors, sci-fi slash fantasy authors, who um, both have this uh, amazing artistic sensibility, right? I mean, just wordsmiths and just brilliant intellectually, but they have a way of also speaking to human darkness that's quite profound. And that's you're often going to see that in the quality of the uh, writers who have Mercury and Libra, that there is... Um, a, a sensibility and a darkness at once. Um, and oftentimes um, you can describe Mercury, you know, um, even like a bit like Pluto in Libra too, the Pluto in Libra generation, but Mercury in Libra is sort of like the iron, uh, the iron glove or the, the um, velvet glove over the iron fist, where there's a way of almost um, adorning or decorating something heavy or dark or leaden. And that's the, again, that's the Saturn exaltation there. Um, there's other people who embody the seriousness as well as the kind of um, diplomacy, grace, and beauty and articulateness um, like Barbara Walters, who is a, um, you know, one of the kind of one of the groundbreaking uh, female news anchors. I think it was ABC News. She was the first on their network or something like that. But you also have people like Sophia Loren, another great example of the, the class, the elegance, the grace, but there's kind of a smoky, dark quality that's there as well. Um, Vladimir Putin, right? He has a very suave presentation. And of course, it, it glosses over a lot of very dark stuff that he does. Um, but you can also, one could make a case, for example, like um, 
you know, Bill Gates, Bill Gates, and I'm not, I'm not on the uh, Bill, Bill Gates, uh, I'm not into the whole conspiracy thing, but um, just in terms of being someone who's like a tech billionaire or whatever, who has this interest in philanthropy and has also been associated, even just associated throughout his lifetime with the a lot of controversy, especially, you know, very recently. But I think it's very fascinating that oftentimes oh, Warren Buffett is another one with Mercury in Libra. Um, Beyonce Knowles is another one. It's almost as though they're Mercury in Libra. Well, Margaret Thatcher was another one as well. All of them are almost like emperors or empresses. And they have um, this command. Um, they have such such grace and composure, <clears throat> but at the same time, there is this um, this kind of um, dark, heavy, serious quality to their art or to their presidents. Or, or you know, Margaret Thatcher, of course, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was quite conservative, right? Um, so you'll often find uh, another one that I love. Another really good example of Mercury and Libra, in case I'm not getting it across enough, would be Leonard Cohen, right? Again dark, heavy, beautiful. You know, you know what I mean? So that familiarity with darkness is really, really important. Um, Simon Cowell is another one where there can be this very um, judgmental and critical quality, uh, like a hyper acute judgmental awareness of um, what's valuable or what's not valuable, what's beautiful or not. So he's a kind of judge critic type of character. Um, these are all great examples, I think. Um, you can see, uh, let's see, Caitlyn Jenner um, is another one. Um, Bruce Springsteen, um, both, I think you could say, have like a, a good contrast between light and dark. Bruce Springsteen in particular comes to my mind because, um, you know, when he's young, he's like this, um, he's like this young kid, muscle cars, cigarettes, knife fights on the Jersey boardwalk, tough guy, you know, cocky, sexy, um, suave, all of it. And as he ages, he becomes, um, he becomes something, his music becomes more politically active. Um, and he also, he, he, throughout his life, he talks openly about battling with depression. Um, so he's a, he's a complex character that, you know, that Mercury and Libra also reflects, um, let's see, is it Avicii, Avicii? I'm not how you say it, he was the DJ. I think he passed, um, but, you know, brilliant sort of technicians of art that, that can blend the dark and the light. And, you know, don't pass over Libra when it comes to science fiction either, because science fiction is often very Saturnine um, and Libra can do, Libra oftentimes, we think about science fiction landscapes um, if you ever saw the movie Solaris or um, Gattaca with Ethan Hawke, some of these landscapes in the future, they're very like pristine and clean and very like well-organized and hyper-controlled and rigid and often involve some kind of authoritarian presence. Um, uh, and there's, there's oftentimes um, exploration of beauty and structure and control um, and, and like almost like, like dystopian or, um, yeah, like post-apocalyptic landscapes and the contrast between like destruction and um, uh, humankind's ability to control and make the most beautiful things, but maybe with some some kind of rigidity involved. Often those themes are, are present in science fiction at any rate. And it's such a Libran theme. Those are such Libran themes. 
Christopher Reeve, if you want to talk about um, another really interesting Mercury and Libra character. Of course, Christopher, you know, Christopher Reeve becomes a philanthropist after becoming a quadriplegic um, through a horseback riding accident. He played, if you guys don't know, he was uh, original Superman or not the original, but he was the original feature length film Superman, I think, um, back in like the 80s, maybe. So Christopher Reeve and his wife, Dana, become these um, incredible philanthropists and uh, they do a lot of good, for, especially for um, stem cell research and things like that. But he was also someone who became really interested in this kind of like very futuristic technology, right? That could be, um, that could restore or bring people their bring back the facilities of people who had potentially lost them like himself. Um, there's, I'm telling you right now, there's a, there's just a, a really interesting element of Libra that has to do with, um, the, also the desire to repair or fix things that are, are broken or to make something broken, beautiful, or like, for example, the people who take those, uh, I think they, they take like broken pieces of a pot and then they make a new pot with gold, like, um, sealing all the broken pieces together. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I don't know what that's called. Someone tell me what that's called. Um, but this, this idea, or even like, if you think about the artwork I was mentioning earlier, where there's like these broken, maybe like broken fragments of glass and, you know, you'll, you'll see the broken fragments of, of glass, but inside of them, they're reflecting flowers or something like that. So this real kind of um, sense of, of finding or restoring beauty in, in relation to something that's been lost or something that's dying or dead. Um, and oftentimes that's very, that, that plays into sci-fi themes really in technology in an, in a very interesting way. Um, I'm only just starting to articulate that idea, by the way. So I'll, I'll probably, when we get to some transits in Libra, I'll probably bring that back up and keep going with it because it's, I've been noticing it for so long. And this is one of my first attempts to ever articulate that part. But David Copperfield is another example, though. He has Mercury in Libra. And of course, he's a master magician, sleight of hand, but he combines like sexy, dark, mysterious with all sorts of um, interesting, weird technology. That's such a Mercury and Libra placement. Um, remember, Mercury is one of the gods of technology as well. So that's why I'm talking about this with regard to Mercury and Libra. But um, James Gandolfini, if you guys know him from uh, what um, The Sopranos, you know, um, that mafioso where there's the appearance of luxury or wealth, but there's this dark um, underbelly and there's like crime and... Um, so oftentimes Mercury and Libra can be the appearance of something noble or humanitarian with underlying selfish interests and things like that, um, which is, of course, exactly, I think, why, even whether it's true or not, why people often suspect Bill Gates. It's because he he has that weird, like... Um, that weird kind of Iron Man, uh, he's, he's uh, you know, who's similar, a little bit similar of a vibe, a different chart again is, um, what's the Tesla guy, Elon Musk, where there's this um, almost, um, yeah, it's almost like an, an otherworldly kind of dark, mysterious quality, but it's also like very beautiful and polished and progressive and inventive. That's very Mercury and Libra, um, di different, different chart doesn't have that placement, but I'm just, I'm just giving you more examples where you can th think of, and there's things in his chart that feed into that as well. So lots of placements in astrology can speak to some of the same themes because they're, you're essentially combining similar elements. Uh, Stephen King, 
very similar. He can um, he can expose the, the he's a very beautiful writer and he can expose the dark underbelly of like the nice pristine little East Coast town. It's always Castle Rock or whatever it, you know whatever it is. Okay, um, Bernie Sanders. Here's another example where you have people who are um, truly like advocates for justice or peace or equality or something that's truly humanitarian or, or whatever. Like um, you know, pe people who are interested in equality. Um, you know, and this could be on the right or the left. Like for example, I think it's uh, who's the Fox guy, Bill O'Reilly, or used to be the Fox guy. Um, he has Mercury in Libra too. Um, all right, that's, oh, and Amma. Amma is a great example. If you know the Amma, the hugging saint has Mercury in Libra. Of course, she's a major global philanthropist as well. All right, well, hopefully that gives you some feeling for Mercury in Libra um, and how to delineate it. Of course, it's always going to matter to look at Venus's position relative to Mercury because that will add a whole um, secondary and very important layer to the interpretation. Um I find that Mercury in Libra's um, best side is usually in the ability to uh, tolerate certain kinds of moral ambiguities and to find beauty in the contrast between light and dark, to be able to harmonize um, elements of light and dark or of, of complicated themes that would seem antagonistic towards one another. Um, and oftentimes there is a very, um, uh, a very, what I want to say, um, a way of articulating oneself uh, that really speaks to people, that's very easy and fluid. Um, and off, oftentimes for children too, which is why I think it's so interesting that Jim Henson and Roald Dahl have Mercury and Libra, where there's just this ability to speak to the contrasts that are so bright and vivid for children between light and dark. Um, all right. So do you have Mercury in Libra? I would love to hear from you if you do. And please add your thoughts to this video or any other interpretations or famous people that you think should have been in this presentation that I might have missed. I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and then uh, stay tuned because I'll be doing uh, Mercury in Scorpio uh, pretty quickly as well. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye.